anyone. But I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned. And if you listen to the old timers in town, they'll tell you he's still out there. Camp Crystal Lake is jinxed. He's got a death curse. Some folks claim they've even seen him. Right in this area. Who's that? Oh, hi. What are you doing on this mess? The girl who survived that night at Camp Blood, that Friday the 13th, she claims she saw Boy, is he dead too? You didn't find any boy. Then he's still there. Hey, campers. If he's still there, that means we're still here. Continuing our Friday the 13th special series. I am Chris. I am also Chris. (laughs) Not Chris. Damn it. Fuck you. Damn it. Now you're just excited about it. I just now you're just flaunting it in our face and you disrespectful piece of shit. That's true. I decided to embrace my non Christmas. <laughs> well, uh, and we are finally, finally up to the movie that Earth could not contain. We are, uh, and this was actually, uh, and I'll get to it as part of my. Uh, our discussion here, but this is the first uh, the first movie in the series that I watched uh, from the brand new Shout Factory 16-disc box set, Woo! which is fantastic. Um, yeah. Navy uh, Seal. <laughs> we can revive that joke. Um, yes, yeah, 16 discs, all 12 movies. The, uh, the transfer looks great, and... Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I just, I love this box set. Uh, it's really, really nice. Uh, the clear cases are super cool. Um, so this was my first chance to really take one of those discs for a spin. So that was fun. So it was, it was real good. Um, but coming off of, we've had a couple duds, I think we can say, except for Scott in the last one. Yeah. Hey, once again, uh, as a horror movie, if you just turn off the fact that it's a, supposed to be about Jason, because he's not actually in the damn movie much, yeah, um, just take it as a B movie horror movie. <laughs> it's not bad. I enjoyed it. I mean, I I did use some of that logic for part five, where if you don't call it a Friday the Thirteenth movie, it does have some redeeming qualities about it. But I graded it as a Friday the Thirteenth movie, so. I had to grade part nine as a Friday the 13th movie. Um, so we're, we're coming off of a couple new line cinema duds. Uh, Jason, um, well, we got one one new line dud, one Paramount dud, two Paramount duds for sure, maybe three, depending on who you talk to here. Um, well, so far, I'm a firm believer that uh, new line cinema has not actually made a Friday the 13th movie. They have not up until this point. They've made some Jason movies, but they have not made any Friday the 13th movies. And maybe Friday the 13th in name only, uh, or in trademark only. Um, Because uh, after 
the disappointing box office of Part Nine, making fifteen point nine million off of a three million dollar budget. We're desperately trying to get Freddy versus Jason off the ground. Desperately Ooh. trying. Desperately. And, you know, uh, Jason Goes to Hell comes out in 1993, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, all pass. Nothing happens. No movement whatsoever. So... In order to just keep some momentum going. Not released until 2002. Shockingly shot in 1999. Jason X. Becomes a reality. To help push the brand forward. Todd Farmer. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <clears throat> uh, can you uh, happen to. Mention what day that was released in 2002? Uh, April 26th, 2002. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. First rated R movie I saw in theaters after being legally of age to purchase my own R-rated ticket. You know Looking how I know that? Because it was my birthday. Oh, April-ish, your birthday. Uh, <laughs> no, like legitimately, April 26th. That's awesome. That's super cool. My 17th birthday. I love it. Damn, I'm old. I'm yeah. just old. Oh, that's... That's all there is to it. You're ugly, too. Yeah, but I've always been ugly. Oh, that's, old is that's not true. <laughs> um, so, uh, Todd Farmer, who uh, plays, uh, I believe his character's name is Dallas... Uh, one of the uh, one of the grunts doing the virtual um, training in this movie uh, wrote this movie and uh, pitched the idea. Literally, it was his only pitch, and um, he pitched it to the the uh, to New Line as the only viable option for the franchise to move forward. That uh, they had exhausted all other options to make. Friday the 13th and Jason, a valuable commodity, and space was the only option. And so, uh, you know, we have that. Oh. <laughs> That's, uh, um, yeah, he said. Pitch work, the movie got made. Yeah. That's a bold fucking pitch. Right. You know? He suggested to the studio that it was the only direction left for the series. Uh, it has, the, the budget is not. <sighs> Nailed down specifically, it's somewhere between eleven and fourteen million dollars, uh, and it grossed seventeen. Uh, so, if you keep that in mind, dollars or seventeen million. <laughs> if really, it could have been either one. Uh, it made seventeen million. It made actually a worldwide gross of sixteen point nine million dollars. Um, it does beat out Jason Takes Manhattan and Jason Goes to Hell, which only made fourteen point three and fifteen point nine, respectively. So it's at least making more, but it costs a shit ton more to make, mostly because of all of the digital effects. We've moved away from practical effects, which we will get to in the special makeup effects. Um, there's a lot more digital work to it. Uh, this one is very heavy on CGI, which was super expensive. Um, but, uh, yeah... Uh, Shot in the summer of 1999, 
and not released um, until it was real weird because it came out uh, at the end of 2001 internationally and it waited until Koran Day <laughs> of 2002 to come out. So uh, interesting. The, the, the first way that I saw this movie, uh, I was in college. And um, the first time I saw it, um, illegally downloaded it. Uh, and then, but, but I will say, later paid my money and um, went to go see it in theaters. I think I should get a pass because of how many times I've bought all of the movies from this franchise. I think I've paid, I, I, I've paid more than my fair share to the Friday the 13th series. Um, so anybody wants to come at me for in 2000, early 2002, uh, downloading Jason X, uh, come at me because I've, I've paid a lot more than my fair share. Um, so that's how we ended up with Jason X, uh, actually, interestingly enough, uh, produced by Noel Cunningham, son of, uh, Sean Cunningham. So, uh, becoming into the, uh, um, becoming a family affair at this point. Um, well, even though, even though the movie didn't, didn't make a huge profit margin in theaters, I, I, I believe I read that it did pick up a lot of steam in DVD rentals and sales, um, and making it. I think I read one of the more financially successful of the Friday the 13th series overall. Good. <laughs> it deserves it. I don't, I don't have any numbers on that. I just, that's just what I read. That's just your, uh, just to switch. Well, it, it, the one thing that it did was, um, it did put an end to the longest stretch of, Time between two Friday the 13th movies and you know because up until that point you know we had seen um, you know a year maybe two years um, you know uh, 89 to 93 was was the bigger gap with um, takes Manhattan to goes to hell so you know the, the longer that gap goes the harder it is um, to come back with, you know, an impact and, and keep the people coming back and maintaining that going. Um, so at least at the time it was like, it's something like, you know, I, I kind of, I, I kind of put it akin to that dark time. Scott, I know, you know what I'm going to be talking about when I say this, that dark time of like, you know, early two thousands to, 2008 or nine in the ghostbusters world. Yeah. Where there's and like nothing. And yeah. Like there's no merchandise. Even, yeah. No, no merchandise. There's, there's very little, if any kind of even a comic tie in, in that period for ghostbusters. It's yeah. Just like completely out of the, the public conscience. Halloween stuff comes out and you know, there's not like you can't find anything. You know, the, the brand is, is not commercially viable anymore. And, and so, 
you know, the, the companies like the, the, the production companies then don't want to make something because they're like, well, we can't do merchandise tie in because nobody gives a shit about Friday the 13th anymore. Um, so as, as Ghostbusters fans, we went through that, uh, you know, 2000 to 2008 ish until the game came out and kind of revitalized a lot of stuff. Um, and Friday the 13th was definitely in that point where it was kind of like, do you guys remember that from way back in the day? It, it kind of put, put the pause on its impact on pop culture. So it was really important just to get something else out. And uh, it's often been the joke of, well, when you have nothing else to do with the franchise, send it to space. Uh, Hellraiser, Leprechaun, all these horror franchises that are like, fuck it, just go to space. And kind of like, it's kind of seen as like the last ditch, like, fuck it, like, we got nothing else to do. We're kind of at the bottom of the barrel creatively, so fucking just throw it to space. And, and so, you know, that, that kind of became the running joke. But uh, as you're going to hear me say, um, this movie is actually like, like, okay, Conan, what's the one thing that I always ask when I leave a movie? Was this more fun than work? There you go. So I can't wait to get into to the um, the gist of this one. The plot, basic plot breakdown is, uh, and, and by the way, uh, we're going to get into uh, Jason a little bit also, uh, of course, in our section. But uh, the, the non-Uber Jason look is one of my favorite Jason looks um, of the series up until this point, like Jason looks pretty kick-ass uh, before he gets nano machined up. Uh, everybody always talks about Uber Jason, but regular Jason looks pretty kick-ass too. But um, anyway, not the point. Um, you right though. You right. I mean, it's it's not a bad look. Um, I like it a lot. Um, Scott hates it though. Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I know because he's got like the jacket and shit and. Well, no, no, I don't mind the jacket so nah, much. Shut the fuck up, Scott. No, 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 no. You, you brought me into this. Um, first of all, he's got hair. Since when the hell does Jason have hair? Uh, that I'll give you. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm like, what the I'll fuck is you. up with this little, like, I don't know, this little afro thing he's got going on. I don't like peach fuzz. I don't know what the fuck it is. Don't make fun of Jason's Jufro. <laughs> he stole it from Shelly. <laughs> You know, so he's got hair, and then I don't like the hockey mask because they've got the, the the axe cut, you know, from part uh, what the hell is it, uh, four, I think, yeah, part three, part four, something like that. They got the axe cut in it, so they're they're clearly trying to say this is still the original mask, but then it's 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 molded in a funky way. It's got this jut out nose and comes flat down, and I I don't like it. That's okay. You can be wrong. Every so often. It's cool. Go fuck yourself, you stupid son. Jeez, I won't go that far. Uh, I will. Fuck you. Damn. Um, So I I, I really like that. We don't see a lot of... um, This movie's pacing is so weird. Like, it's super weird. Like, there's, there's a lot going on, and... It's it is like the best way that I can describe it is it's the longest short movie I've ever seen. Like every time I'm like, yeah. like it, it look like like when I think back on it, I'm like, man, that movie like goes at a really fast pace. 
it it's like there's a lot of action everywhere. But then when I'm watching it, I'm like, my God, it still has like another 20 minutes to go. Like, I thought it was about to wrap up and they did the um, the Crystal Lake scene. And I'm like, shit, it still has like 20 minutes to go. But then I look back and I'm like, that movie's pretty quick. So it's weird. It's like the longest short movie ever. I don't know. There was a lot, there was a lot of interesting things in this movie with regards to uh, setting and, and plot that, that didn't completely jive with me. <clears throat> One of the things that got me was the fact that we, we jump forward, you know, if we're talking about production and stuff. They get a lot of things right. They get a lot of things wrong. That is what kills me in this movie. So I noticed a discrepancy um, when we jump forward to the to the future because of the cryo suspension. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when they're bringing them bringing them on board up from Earth, uh, and uh, uh, what's his name, uh, the security guy, the Doctori. Um, Doctori, sorry, not Doctori, Doctori. Um, he uh, he asks, "What's her name?" You know uh, how long has he been been out or whatever? She says four point five five centuries. That's four hundred and fifty five years. Yeah, and this seems to be corroborated when she wakes up and uh, she asks when uh, Andromeda wakes up and she asks uh, uh, how long you know how long or whatever. Uh, and he says they say the year is twenty four fifty five. Right. Yeah. So given that this movie was was made. Uh, in 1999, I assume whenever they were doing it, they were thinking it'll be a year 2000 release. Of course, it doesn't get till 2001. But that's not two. two th- yeah. Sorry, 2002. <laughs> well, Spain so, got it in 2001, so whatever. Okay. Well, same but, same difference. <laughs> so if it's 455 years from the year 2000, okay, 2455. But that doesn't work with the plot of the movie. Because later, What's-Her-Name says, we first tried to execute him in 2008. Meaning the opening sequence either took place in 2008 or at a later date. Which, if it was 2008, that would put them in the year 2463, not 2455. Shut the fuck up, Scott. <laughs> your math your math checks out. Um... <laughs> You're arguing mathematics about a movie with Jason Voorhees in space <laughs> in the future. Hey, I'm just saying, if they're going to go through all this trouble of actually giving us dates and times and settings, they can at least get it right. Um, I mean, I'm going to your house and stomp you out in the streets, man. <laughs> at the beginning of the film, you know, I was almost going to hand it to him. Because for a, for a minute there, I thought they were going to have one of the most accurate army uniforms seen in the series. Um, mm-hmm. We have we have the 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 guy that's in class A uniform, you know, okay. walking up. Uh, old dude calls him a sergeant, even yeah. though he does not have sleeve stripes. He is wearing sergeant stripes uh, on his uh, on his lapel. So which depending on. Specifics of unit, he could still be in regulation. That's fine. Looked at all of his stuff, and all of his all of his ribbons are beautiful and in order of precedence. Going from an unknown ribbon because it's underneath his lapel, I can't see it, uh, and a silver star all the way down to the Kuwait Liberation Medal, which puts him in timeline for uh, the war in the Middle East. 
It was beautiful. And I was, like I said, of course, I keep in mind, Nicole and I spent like a little over an hour going through his medals. Cause well, you forced her to. Uh, no, no, yeah. no, she's into this. Trust me. She loves doing this shit. Um, <laughs> well, and I'm sorry. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Who? My, my wife? No, 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 no. The no. real, you said the real Commander Cox. There we go. I, I got you, buddy. Don't worry. That's the one. Continuity on this show is important. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but, and like I said, I was getting ready to hand it to them, you know, for having the most accurate on screen that we've seen because he's got a Pathfinder and a Parachutist, and for the time period, even they are in order of precedence. However, he's wearing his beret on the wrong side. Listen, listen. All right, you ready for me to? You ready? Fucking door. You ready for me to just mess all this stuff up for you? Sure, go ahead. Yeah, you're basing all of that on Earth One standards. At that point, they're on Earth Two. No, 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 no. Because we don't know when Earth One was uninhabited. No, this is at the beginning of the film. Yeah, but they've they've already been. Uh... Oh yeah, shit. That's but that's before Earth Two. Damn it. Yeah. Damn it! I was trying so hard to throw a monkey wrench in it. I know you were, and believe me, I looked at that the first time too. But then I thought it through, and I'm like, "Shit, no, it's going to be an actual uniform." So, damn it! Because by that point, instead of giving medals and uniforms and stuff, they just give you microchips on Earth too. So uh, okay. they don't even worry about that. <laughs> shit is, so, is for real at that point. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, this uh, this one just. There, there, there's a lot going on cryogenics and anytime a movie that is not based in sci-fi tries to do sci-fi, it gets a little weird. And this one, absolutely no exception. Uh, a lot of this technology, um, uh, is very halfway quasi star Trek ish, but not really. I say that not knowing much of anything about star Trek. Um, well, I, I, I've got, if you don't mind, i got two points on this. Do it. Subject. Do it. Do it. So, number one, I have a Star Trek tie-in to this movie. Okay. Because oh. I know I know Koran loves it when I have Star Trek tie-ins to stuff. He loves it. <laughs> it's his favorite part. I need to know when, need to know when your wife isn't going to be home so I can come just beat you in the street. Because <laughs> <laughs> if she's home, then I get beaten in the street. This is very true. Um, so... Um, it's it's kind of a tangential tangential connection to to, to Star Trek. Um, right. So in 2000, there was a series that came on the air called Andromeda. I remember that one. Yeah. So uh, Andromeda starred uh, Kevin Sorbo, uh, and it was titled it's actually titled Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda. It's a really good sci-fi series. Of course, it's created by Gene Roddenberry, the same gentleman that created uh, Star Trek, but it's not produced until after his death. Um, and uh, so in that, um, there are two actors that are in Andromeda that are in this movie. Um, hang on, I got them pulled up here. Uh, so Lisa Ryder, mm-hmm. okay, who plays the android in this movie. KM. KM. And Lexa. Lexa Doig. Doig? Is Doig. That her name? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who, who plays the the 20th century chick uh, from this? Of course, Lisa Ryder's character KM is a, is an android and an artificial intelligence. So they're both in um, Andromeda. 
but their roles are reversed. And Andromeda, Lexa Doig, plays the artificial intelligence and android representing the ship, the Andromeda Ascendant. And Lisa Ryder is a human. So, I thought that was funny. Yeah, they uh, they talk about that also uh, in some of the behind-the-scenes stuff on one of the uh, um, DVDs. They, they talk about how uh, they their paths at, at one point in time seem to just be like very intertwined, like their careers. They were, they were kind of orbiting so, each other. Yeah. On a lot of different things. So it was kind of funny um, that they both, and uh, to be fair, they both speak very fondly of both of those. So uh, it's all good. That's good. Uh, it all works out. Okay. Um, as far as the sci-fi and the tech goes, I, I actually was a little bit impressed with the science fiction of this because their use of space travel and everything with the FTL drive, not counting that because that's complete fanciful uh, and they do a really bad job of representing it visually. It was horrible. Um, like the, the design of the ship that they use the shuttle that can swing and everything or around a, uh, a sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, love that because spheres are, are one of the, uh, the, 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 the better pressure vessel, um, things in space don't like hard right angles. They just, they just don't. Um, uh, and then I love the umbilical, um, that the shuttle that comes at the end connects cause it's just a wire mesh that goes out grabs and then they inflate which if you notice it bulbs out because once again a round pressure vessel so scientifically you know given what they're doing uh those make sense the round umbilical that the the shuttle docks with or the cylindrical umbilical i should say is just exactly the same design we use today um for docking docking uh ports because once again, round, no right angles. Right. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think, there was there was another one. Oh yeah, the uh, the explosive decompression uh, uh, at the end. You know, because very few movies get explosive decompression right because they always, you know, try to think. Most science fiction movies and, and, and bad science fiction movies think when explosive decompression, you're suffocating. You don't suffocate. Um, you don't explode or anything. It's not the lack of oxygen that kills you in a decompression. It's the lack of pressure. Yeah. Because you're sitting under one atmosphere of pressure here on, on, on Earth. That's on Earth one. On Earth one. Yeah. At sea level. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and it literally, it, it's, if you think about it, uh, at sea level, you're under an ocean. You're at the bottom of an ocean of air. Um, and it's that air, it's all that pressure, that weight crushing down onto you that literally just holds you together. Without that, you start to expand and pores start to open up, blood vessels start to rupture. You start bleeding from like everywhere because your body literally can't hold on to itself anymore. It's just you, you're just expanding and expanding. And it's that rupturing of the blood blood vessels that usually will, will kill uh, a person uh, barring any external or other events in a decompression. So I did like the fact that when we had decompression in this movie, there was no gasping for air or anything. You just got all the air rushing past them as the rest of the ship evacuates itself. 
If you're just tuning in, this is uh, episode Science Boner of the Friday the 13th special series. Uh, the the episode where Scott is just is is on another level. I'm sorry, I can't help it. It's who I am. <laughs> no, it's okay. Because, uh, you know, if it was just me and Koran, we would not be uh, covering any of this. No. So it's good to have a, a different perspective. Uh, see, but look at that. So, yeah, you were you were saying how, um, you know, the movie gets, um, you know, uniforms wrong, but gets uh, gets all that some, stuff right. Some of the science is, you know, where science? Good, good portion of the science is right. Uh, it's science. You kind of stick to it, but then they get a uniform wrong and, and everything. And then their visual that they use for coming out of hyperspace is apparently a static star field, which just warbles for a bit. Okay. Whatever, I guess. I mean, I can't contradict them because it's completely made of technology. It doesn't exist. So however the fuck they want to visualize it. Yeah. Kudos. Yeah. Um, so yeah, never underestimate Jason X's science because they had a, I wonder who they had for science consultants because they got, they got paid well. Or they, they should have been paid more because they did a good job. At least I think so. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, all right, you guys ready for uh, everybody's favorite sound? Ooh, you know it's coming. You absolutely know it's coming. Um, it's my favorite part of the show. Oh, that's sad. I thought we would have more that would be more fun. But... Well, I mean, I, I, it's my favorite sound effect. I okay, think. sound effect is cool because it's time for music. It's the section that Scott does not know anything about, does not pay any attention to. Yeah, I don't even know why we have to worry about this because there's like no music <laughs> in this movie at all. Harry Manfredini back for the score. We have a couple familiar hits on this one but the score feels completely new it's very um it's not the same like string instruments like we have like we saw in the paramount years uh it's it's a weird kind of like um techno and industrial is not the right word but it's more of a like there's a lot of different instruments that they use in this one uh that sounds different it sounds more uh like sci-fi ish so, um, yeah, I, I didn't hate it. I thought it was kind of unremarkable. It just, it's kind of there. Um, yeah. uh, I liked it better than the Jason goes to hell score. Um, but you know, here we are. Well, also, is next week just going to basically be, or next episode basically just going to be me talking music the entire time? Pretty much. Yeah. It's, it's like all your favorite stuff. Yeah, it's the Freddy versus, the, the verse, J, or the Freddy versus Jason soundtrack is nothing but new metal. Yeah, it's so. basically like the Koran music boner playlist. I'm just going to use the word which, boner about all of us at some point in this episode. I don't know. Which... Um, there's, you're going to have to listen to me talk for like five minutes at that point, because there were like, never mind. We'll talk about that next week. Yeah. Um, now <laughs> let's talk about butts. Oh yeah. 
this one also, I'm, I'm disappointed. Uh, we'll talk about it uh, since the music section is a little bit light. Um, not strong nudity in this one. Upsetting a little bit. Nipples that fall off. Yeah, that's weird. Nipples I, that fall off. I'm not a fan of that. And uh, I loved that. I I'm sure you shit. did. I'm sure. I don't know why I got so hard when it fell off, especially oh, the god. sound it made. Oh god. Uh, oh, all right. Thanks for joining us. We're gonna be back next week. I'm I'm gonna go. I need a scream pillow or something because that that just made me sad. Uh, <laughs> like magnets that wouldn't stick. Ugh. Um, but magnets, how do they work? Uh, ask. Let's ask uh, ICP. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's it's light on nudity. We'll talk about gore here in a little bit. Um, but it, uh, I was I was sad. Uh, there's a couple couple slinky outfits, but other than that, there's there's not um, not a lot, and. Uh, so also well, depressing, and even even the, uh, the 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 nipples that fall off isn't true nudity because I believe it's a it's a it's a prosthetic she's wearing over. Yeah, yeah, it's not even really her body. They uh, they had a piece. Uh, um, they had a they had although, a separate piece to use. Although the dialogue in that scene when you know he he's talking to her and. The, we have the nipple malfunction uh, and everything. Um, I'm not sure. I, I couldn't quite get from that dialogue if it was the breasts she was wanting added or the nipples she was wanting added. Like, he was working on the breasts, and he hadn't got the nipples quite right, but it was the overall breasts themselves. He's like, I don't know why you even want these. Or if she already had the breasts, but they were more Barbie-like, you know, with no nipples, and it was the nipples she was wanting adding. I think she had the titties, but didn't yeah. have the nipples yet. Yeah, th- that's, that's how I interpret it. From it. Yeah. yeah, that's I how what I... Titty, no nipple. Titty, no nipple. So yeah. she was Barbie. Yeah. She was all Barbied up up there. Okay. I was just curious because I, I watched that scene and I'm like, you know, I could take that either way. I'm not sure which way to go. I liked it though. It was fun. And then the, uh, that gross scene with the, uh, the, the teacher getting his nipples twisted. You pass. Oh, oof. No, we've all been there. Ooh. One of the weirdest non sequitur intercut scenes. It, intercutting that scene with his autopsy. Yeah, super weird. Yeah, you know, going, it's almost like instead of using lightning to bring him back, we're using sex. Someone is having sex close to me, and that's bringing me back. <laughs> it's like Jason's aroused instead what? of revived. I was during that whole autopsy slash weird nipple clamp scene. Yep. So. I, I had the weirdest boner that whole time. So there, now I got us all. So it's fine. That talk is over. <laughs> it's over. It's over now. You know. Uh, and, and then you get to the the, the autopsy where you, she's she's cutting the mask off of his face in a really juicy sound effect. From, it's, it's gross. Oh, it's, it's just like. Yeah, ugh. And. Uh, oh. <laughs> 
And uh, she lifts the mask off, and yep. she's like, oh, wow, I see why he wore this. And she's like, we're just going to put that right back. And it just kind of squishes it back onto his face a little bit. Like, really? We're not just going to set it up? Nope, putting it right back. Okay, got it. Cool. That's how it works. Um, yeah, super weird scene. But uh, it provides the perfect transition for, normally we call it, special makeup effects. But in this one, because there's not as much makeup as there is digital effects, uh, digital slash makeup effects and our favorite kill. Because we have a couple interesting kills in this one. We have uh, a throwback sleeping bag kill, which a lot of people really love. We have the, uh, uh, the cryo kill. We have, uh, the guy getting screwed. Uh, which is pretty fun. Um, we have the actual Jason kill, which all of those feature a lot of special effects. And well, a lot. Hmm? Me? You? Who's going? Go ahead. All right. We'll go ahead and get mine out of the way. It's what I consider to be the best kill in the entire franchise. Uh... Strongly got to go with the the cryo, the liquid nitrogen kill with the face smash. It's just so well done and so freaking brutal. Scott, if you want to know what your future is looking like, look at that scene. That was That's a good what I'm going to do to you. Oh, it's God. a good scene. It's a good scene. However. Oh, God. Um, so when we were watching this, this was pointed out to me by the real Commander Cox. Yeah! Um, I like the disdain in your voice when you said that. No, 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 it's okay. Because, see, I'm not Commander Cox. I'm Commander Scott. No, just just as long as you know you're second in your own household. That's all I really care about. Oh, there is no doubt. <laughs> Smart man. Smart man. In fact, if you count the cats, I'm <laughs> around, like, six, I think. Six or seven. You're above um, some of the cats? No, no, that's the point. Oh, okay. Is that like 13 cats or something? Mm -hmm. No, no, it's it's been a while. We're we're down to four inside and two outside. Okay. Getting there. Um, But, so she pointed out to me this. So, first of all, I'm going to say, because this was my kind of counter-argument, that we don't know. We don't know that the the media that, that she was ducked into with liquid nitrogen. Because it is the future. It is yeah. twenty twenty four sixty three, in my opinion, even if the characters <laughs> we don't know what year it is. Um, so we don't know what that compound was. But if it was liquid nitrogen, then the amount of time she's exposed to it would not have killed her from – she would not have died from the liquid nitrogen freezing because all it would have free frozen would have been just the superficial tissues in her face and stuff, which is what smashed off. Her brain would have never been gotten to, which means that entire time she would have still been conscious, even if I don't know, and, and probably still been able to see a little bit. Um, what would have actually killed her would have either been uh, aspirating and suffocation from not being able to because of the fluids and everything, not having a clear airway, or once things started to thaw, she'd have bled out. Half of her brain is destroyed. That's what would kill her. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no, no. No, if you look at it again, it's it, it's the facial area. It doesn't get into the brain. 
It's just the facial area. Her her head is still intact. God, I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> Freeze death scene. It is All a cool right. scene. Beautiful scene. Let's run this back. <laughs> No, someone keep talking. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just letting talking. you guys go. I'm just letting you two no, go. I'm, let go. I'm curious now too. As far as when I watched it, that's what I saw. They did a uh, they did a MythBusters episode uh, about Jason X. If you guys haven't seen it yet, um, and they they, they did uh, they did like a bunch of the kills, and that was one of them that they did. They used liquid nitrogen just because it was you know it, it it's the closest thing to what that could or you know, is, is presented to be, uh, and they determined that, uh, that it was not possible, uh, to smash someone's skull slash face, um, that much. Ooh, Scotty boy. Oh shit. Hang on. Hang on. I've, I've got it pulled up. Oh God. A second to get there. All right. We're, we're even going to run it back. Just make sure. Yep. Oh, you know, yep. I'm going to have to give it to him because the back of her head does cave in. Yeah. So I'm sorry. W- would you say that Koran was right? But no, yeah. no, 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 no. Use the phrase. Just use the phrase. I get it. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. You are right. Koran yep. is right. Oh, there it is. <sighs> I'm going to go have my cigar at the end of the show. Oh, God, no. Don't do that. Um, how did you guys feel? We'll get this back on track. How did you guys feel about um, switching to digital effects versus practical makeup effects? Because this really is a turning point in the series. Because up until this point, Friday the 13th has been you know, a... a Special makeup and and practical effects have been a a staple of the franchise, and now we're at a point where you know you don't need Tom Savini, you don't need uh, you know some of these makeup people. Um, let me go back through my list here. Uh, you don't need uh, Carl Fullerton. Uh, you don't need Stan Winston. Uh, you don't need all of these people um, that you know, that brought some of these brutal, brutal kills to life in the previous entries. Was the computer a good substitute? Did you guys still feel the same way about some of these kills versus the way you felt about similar kills using practical effects? Well, one thing, one thing for me is I, I couldn't, Without, with, with the exception of some of the more obvious stuff, like the the the, the freezing of her face in the in, in the water and stuff, uh, some of the stabs you can tell are digitally or are digital stabs. That there's not a physical thing there, especially because he draws it back out and, and everything. But there's a lot of the gore in this movie that I couldn't tell if what was CG, what was digitally enhanced, and what was practical and on-screen just gore effect but this movie has in my opinion a lot of a lot more gore effect than a lot of other friday the 13th movies i mean you got old dude cut completely in half um crawling across the floor just with the entrails and stuff behind him you've got a a, a good um throat slash that while the actual slash is somewhat off camera 
because we cut away right before the slash. When she comes back, there's a lot of movement and gurgling. Uh, I, I would assume that was practical on set. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, the 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 impaled on on hooks and things of that nature. I liked the gore and and everything on this, and I was completely fine with with what they did with the digital enhancements. Uh, I'll tell you the only thing I didn't like. There was one particular quote unquote gore scene that uh, I didn't enjoy. And that was the um, towards the end when the uh, the girl gets sucked through when he punches the hole through the hole. Yeah, she goes through the hole and the grate. Yeah, and like it's just like a little piece of like uh, Hillshire Farm ham swaying <laughs> in the little breeze. And I was like, that looks fucking dumb. Like, and it makes that weird like sound effect. And then it like it cuts away, and they're like it has like the reaction shot, and everyone's like no. And then it goes back, and there's just like a little piece of like wet ham floating in whatever breeze is apparently in space. And I was just like, that's fucking dumb. Like that one was stupid. Um, but I did enjoy. Uh, I'm kind of with you. Like I didn't. I wasn't taken out of it knowing that a lot of it was CGI and a lot of it was like, it wasn't practical effects. Uh, they did a good job of masking a lot of it um, and kind of hiding it along with uh, like the sets. And cause I, I know most of those sets were, you know, they had CGI added on to them. So they kind of, it, it was kind of easy to blend it in and kind of hide it and disguise it with, with um, backgrounds and stuff. So, I get it. Yeah, overall, I, I I liked it. I liked the gore effect. I liked the kills. Um, with the, like I said, with a couple of exceptions, they did a really good job of hiding the the digital enhancements. In my opinion, anyway. I mean, other people may have different opinions. That's why they're called opinions. Fair, 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 yeah. fair, fair. Uh, all right, so. Favorite kills. Let's do this. Everyone go around. Favorite kill. What do you got? I already said the nitrogen yep. kill. Yeah, Carl's already got his. So yep, yep. while I do love the nitrogen kill because it's, it's cool as hell, my favorite kill is um, uh, old dude being dropped onto the drill bit. Um, yeah. For, for three reasons. One, because when we first come on board, we get a like a poignant shot of what's his name kind of sharpening up that drill bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hey, that's going to be used. Two, he hits, and his body weight just slides him down the drill as he, you know, turns. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's just fun as his shit. And then it gives us the great line, you know, <laughs> he's screwed. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that little laugh. Um... <laughs> oh, God, it was funny as shit. How's Condor? Oh, he's screwed. He is screwed. hi uh, So, yeah, the drill bit, my favorite kill. That's a, that is a good one. And it is, um, and, and that's the thing about this movie is that, you know, it, it has, uh, it has that, um, it knows what it is. And it has a lot of comedy and, you know, it, it doesn't take itself too seriously and so it has these jokes and um 
these like look and wink at the camera moments. Uh, one of my favorite, um, and it, it's the subtle stuff that the, um, uh, what's his name? Crutch, the pilot. Uh, like some of the stuff that he says when he's just like, guys should have seen it during the great Microsoft conflict. Like some of his dialogue is like, it's so funny. And it's like, it's like that real subtle, like, wait, what? Like, and and it kind of, it kind of makes you laugh. And, um, uh, that fits right into it. Like, oh, he's screwed. And, uh, which I will, I will pick, um, I will pick a different kill that I really, really love. Um, and it's the, it's the double sleeping bag kill. Uh, because it's a number one, it's a great throwback. And number two, when, when, when you see them in the, like the girls go into the sleeping bag and you're like, there's no way. And then it cuts back and he's just wailing one sleeping bag with the other. He's just like beating the shit out of it. And it's just like, it's, it's, it's a, it's it's hilarious, but it's a great fan service throwback. And you're like, damn, like he's really swinging that shit. Like that's pretty hard. Like that's pretty awesome. So uh, it it checks a lot of boxes for me. It's really really fun. Um, I like it a lot. So that one gets my that one gets my my best kill. There's a lot in this movie that's that's fan service that I I appreciate. Yeah. Oh. You were talking about the pacing earlier. Yeah. I honestly think if if you had uh, not spent as much time as they did going through, you know, random future soldiers one through five, you know, and that that whole stalking scene where he kills each and every one of them, um, and just focused on uh, the you know the 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 cowboy pilot, uh, professor asshole, the the botanist engineer dude, uh, and, and everything. And just kind of focused on them, uh, I, I think we could have got a lot more better characters, or better character interaction. Yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of like it starts off doing a decent job of of character building, and then kind of once once the what I like to call the alien portion of the movie starts, uh, yes. it kind of all that just kind of gets thrown out the window. And we get into the um, the chase and kill um, section that, uh, you know, we kind of lose all the characterization at that point. Because, yeah. um, I mean, you start out so great with, uh, you know, when, when they're in the, the, the facility in, in the future and they, they come in in their uh, uh, leather, what is that, uh, uh, Gimp suits, man opera thing, yeah, uh, suits, um, whatever <laughs> the, the fuck repo that is. man opera thing suits. Got yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know that movie. Everybody <laughs> knows that movie. Uh, I don't know what it's about, but it's got a leather guy in a suit. It's something about Repo Man, the something opera or whatever. I don't know what it's called. Repo the genetic opera. That's yeah, the one. That thing. Yeah. Yeah. I got you, buddy. They have, they have suits a lot like that, but, you know, they get it off. You got Azrael, the kid, you know, and he gets his hand frozen to the mug. Just funny as <laughs> shit. That, that idiot. I loved it because for the first time in how many Friday the 13th movies, we've, we've got a lovable, funny character again. You know, the, the, the lovable, funny, nerdy guy. No, we haven't gotten a lovable one. That guy's an idiot. Hey, we'll I'm get to that. We'll get to that in characters here in like a minute. 
but yeah. How dare you? Yeah, he's a fucking joke. Um, You're a joke. Well, yeah, that's the whole point. Um, um, so uh, I guess uh, with that, we'll just go ahead and uh, and skip right to it. And uh, Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. Let's talk characters. Uh, there are plenty of them in here. You got the the stupid, not charming, dorky guy that gets his arm chopped off. Hey, um, I thought he was charming as fuck. Oh, All right, sucks. I liked him as the dorky guy. I, I I thought the fact that he died was just bullshit because he deserved to live. And even if you are gonna kill him, the the death that he got did not was not deserving of the character. Where he just gets this weird wrestling move half back break thing and tossed off to the side. But clearly, he's already had his arm hacked off and put back on once. You, you virtually cut him in half, which was funny as shit when he goes, "Ow, yeah, <laughs> love that." Um, <sighs> And then he just gets his back broken. I'm like, really? You're just you're not even going to give him a gory death? Okay, fine. No, he had all the other gory effects uh, at, uh, during the movie. He doesn't need a cool death on top of that. See, that's what I'm saying, though. If he's already had those those other things going on, he should have lived. He's already survived, you know, amputation and by uh, by bifurcation, I guess, would be the correct term for being cut down the torso like that. Listen, if, if if he had lived in this movie, I would give it zero out of five. Like I'm telling you right now. Um, wow. <laughs> I did not give it zero, um, but we'll save that for a bit. Uh, I did have some characters that I really liked, though. Um, Crutch, the pilot, was fantastic. I was so sad to see him go because he, he was, was. phenomenal. Um, Brodsky was awesome. Um. His line where he says, uh, uh, it's going to take more than that to put down this old, this old dog. And he gets like, that ought to do it. <laughs> yeah, that ought to do it. <laughs> God, so dumb, but so funny and so good. Yep. Like, give me a line. break. Wonderful line. Even though I don't like the, the whole professor asshole dude, he has a great line. It's okay. He just wanted his machete back. <laughs> Yeah, that, like, it's okay. Yeah, and it's like at that point, you're like, oh, just kill him. Uh, kill him I all. Was, <laughs> I was really hoping for a, a throat slash with the wrong side of the machete. Uh, yeah, that's a tradition that they did not keep up in this one. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, because you've got, you, you, you do like, it's almost like the movie is interrupted. You, you, you get some good character building with some people who aren't just completely throwaway characters. They've got some personality quirks and, and everything. And you get back to the ship and you got some, some, uh, you know, where you, we, we get to Jason coming back. And then, like you said, we cut to the, here's the alien part of the movie. We're going to stop this other movie and we're going to show you this, this, this little, uh, mini thing with random soldiers one through five. Uh, and now that they're dead, okay, now we can continue on with the, the first movie we were showing you. And then they just cut back in where, cause nothing has happened to the others in that entire interim. So it's, it's, it's almost non sequitur. Yeah, it is very like it jumps. Like this movie has a, a, that issue where like it jumps around a lot to like 
fairly unrelated things like regularly how big is this ship by the way because it's 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 much bigger than the lazarus even though you only see like six rooms the lazarus you saw more rooms than the lazarus but it's like one one hundredth of the size of this this uh ship i think a lot of it is cargo area because they did say it was a cargo ship right yeah yeah so, I don't know. Um, um, KM, how do we feel about KM? For or against KM? Uh, I liked KM, and KM played kind of good comic relief while also kind of being a quote-unquote badass heroine. And, you know, kind of boobs? So, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I I loved KM. I thought it was that was great. Um, I like when he reprogrammed her uh, to be a badass. Yeah. Uh, even though I I don't know what her plan was. I mean, once again, is this this goes back into whole how I view movies. Um, because literally she's just shooting him with these low caliber rounds that he's been shot with thousands of times throughout the rest of this movie and to no effect. And then apparently she breaks out the high caliber rounds that can blow limbs off. Where was that the whole time? Yeah. And well, that's you don't want to go right to that. You got to build your way up because that yeah. uses more of the 11 to $14 million budget. You kind of do. Let's just go with the highest caliber we got. Let's... <laughs> Explosive rounds. Fuck. Yeah. Let's do it. But, you know, and then she's she's doing the weird kicks and stuff. So that whole combat scene, I just didn't, I, I guess it was just early 2000s kick-ass combat scene. So, but made my brain kind of go, why, why, why didn't we start with that? Why didn't we lead with those? Because, I mean, even even when the strike team is hunting him down and they corner him, in uh, botanist engineer dude's workstation, you know, I mean, they literally pump him with like uh, a couple of thousand rounds, four of them, and then they stop shooting, and they're like, "Where did he go? What do you mean, where did he go? He was ten feet from you. Were you not watching your target as you were shooting? Did you close your eyes and start shooting?" Well, yeah, he, he just held the he held the trigger down so much it just closed his eyes and just like sprayed the gun around, going. Wah! And just hoped that he got him. I guess. Then <laughs> they're like, "Hey, where'd he go? What? Did you not see him leave? Did Did he just say, screw you guys? I'm going home,' and you didn't notice?" Uh. <laughs> what about Sorry. the dude? Uh, what about the dude that's like that? He gets him, and he like gets him on the hook, and then he's like, "He ain't going nowhere. I'm such a badass." And they're like. Don't take your eyes off him. And then as soon as you hear that, like the guy turns around, he's like, don't you worry about a thing. And it's like, oh, fucking idiot. Like (laughs) he's killed like a a bunch of people at that point. Why would you not watch him? Yep. I mean, you you just know as soon as he turns, you're fucking dead. That's the way it works. It's 24 whatever it is um do you do you not know especially if you're going in this universe where he's quote unquote real 
and you know his history and he's killed, you know, how many hundreds of people don't, don't like walk around and like take a walk while you've shot him and got him down. You idiot. (sighs) Man's been shot 4,722 times. Yeah. 723. That was the magic number. I got him. Yeah, that was it. All we need to do is just get one more. Um, like that, uh, like that meme about the dude who got paralyzed after eating four hundred and uh, thirteen McDonald's chicken nuggets, and the top comment below it is okay. So we know that four hundred and twelve is okay. <laughs> that's the limit. Four twelve. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's your hard stop, guys. Um, I will say, as my final note in the character section, that uh, the whole idea and concept of headless KM or just the head of KM is is real stupid and i hated just about everything about it really i did not enjoy it like he 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 punches her head off which is great and um you know that was fine and it was it was impressive and it was like a crazy moment where you're like oh shit like she's gonna be the one to save him and then she turns around she's like you guys might want to run and then bam and her head's gone and then he grabs the head and it's like, okay, so he's just, like, running around with this head that's fairly useless, and it was just kind of stupid. I did not enjoy that part. Well, but it was it was the head. It was it was her processor that, that allowed him to, uh, yeah, but... uh, to to project the hologram. Because he, he hooked her up to the, uh, to the system and had her access the files and run the program, and then he tells her to, to alter the program, and she's like, okay, and you see her eyes going back and forth because she's, she's trying to reprocess the, the hologram again to get him back into whatever illusion they're trying to hold him with. Yeah, like, I get it, and it's like, okay, it's a, it, it, it's a cute little gimmicky thing, but I'm, I, just, I didn't enjoy him just carrying around the head. I, I thought it was sweet. You want to leave her you behind? Would. You would. I wouldn't want to leave her behind. I mean, put that much work into her, you know. <laughs> Why do I feel like you have a? You're building a robot in your garage right now. Uh, your own KM. Like, I also feel like he has ulterior motives with that statement. <laughs> yeah, maybe. They're not really that ulterior. No, oh, okay. They're kind of just right out in the open. Well, that's fair. Um, I didn't mind it. I, I liked KM. I liked everything about KM. All right, this was the fourth and final appearance as Jason for Kane Hodder. What did we think? Uber Jason. Yeah, Uber Jason. I I, I feel Fuck like yeah, this, Uber Jason. I, I feel like this movie kept him as regular Jason for way too long. They they should have gone with the Uber Jason earlier in the film. And and had more of him. That's just me. Fair. Yeah, I I agree with that. As much as I enjoy the Jason look, the non-Uber Jason look, the the draw and the appeal in this one and all of the marketing is Uber Jason, and you kind of want to get the most mileage out of that you can. Mm-hmm. So it does look impressive. Uh, it's a fun costume. Like it's a fun. Um, it's a fun look. So I'm with you. Like, it's kind of like, um, um, like Jaws. Like, I would like to see more of it. But I get, like, it's for different reasons that they didn't do it. But, um, 
I do really, really like the Uber Jason design. I'm a fan. Um, yeah, no, yeah, the Uber Jason design looks looks wonderful. Which brings us to the end <laughs> of this episode. <laughs> Out of five, five Uber Jason hockey masks is our rating scale for this one. We will go around the horn. Give us your 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 uh, any review overall thoughts that you have left, uh, and and your uh, your rating. Let's go. Not Chris. We'll start with Scott. Uh, I give this movie a four. Wow! Holy crap! I give this movie a four. Woo. I enjoy this movie. Like I said, it gets some of the Woo. it gets a lot of the science right. I I had fun with the movie. Um, it, it, it's a better doom movie than doom was, um, with low, other, bar. Uh, low bar, other than, <laughs> some, <laughs> other than some nitpicks. Uh, I, I found myself overall enjoying this movie, uh, creative kills, Jason actually in the movie being Jason, we get Uber Jason. I give it a four. That's, that's a high praise. That's that's impressive. I, I was not expecting you to give this movie not that high. What I was expecting. No, not at all. Pleasant surprise, fuckface. Thank you. But once again, I nitpick, but they're just nitpicks. Fair. My turn. Oh, you know it. Uh, this movie takes Friday the Thirteenth back to what it was supposed to be. Can't be fun. Five out of five for me. Damn! Wow! Wow! Okay. This is, uh, wow. The the only one I have given a five to. I know, you didn't even give a five to the first one. Which, wow. Okay. So let me, let me write these down so that I have accurate record. Got four. Hold on. Five. Okay. <sighs> okay. I have a soft spot in my heart for this movie um, as um, as it is much like you Koran. It's the uh, um, I saw it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the first Friday, the 13th movie that I was old enough to see in theaters. Uh, I went to the second showing of the day and I got ticket zero zero one. So I was the first person uh, in that theater in uh, uh, in Maine, because we were on a school break at that point, to go see Jason X. So, um, you know, I have a little bit of uh, nostalgic love for it. So, uh, it uh, it hits just about uh, every high note that I look for in a Friday the 13th movie. It has... Um, it has a little bit of suspense. It has some laughs. It's fun. Uh, the big question that I always ask when I leave a movie is, was that fun? Did I have fun watching this movie? And that answer for Jason X is a resounding yes. So, I give Jason X a four out of five. This 
makes this the highest rated movie we've done. Really? What, what did we give that? Because I gave a five to the first one. I think I only gave the first one a three and a half. Oh, you t- you torpedoed Scott. it on purpose. And I think Scott gave it a four. No, honestly, oh. I, I didn't torpedo the first one. Uh, going back and talking about part one, if it had just been, if the pace hadn't been so slow, I would have rated it higher. But the pace of the original movie is really slow. It's great, but it's slow. That's taking true. it back to a conversation we had on uh, one of our, you know, our main program, Friends with Benefits, uh, Patreon.com. Yeah. Podcast. Hashtag FWB Podcast. Uh, email us, send us nudes, text us nudes, 270-883-1617, iHeartStamos at gmail.com. So, taking it back to a conversation we were having about um, the original Dawn of the Dead and about how it's incredibly slow, uh, I would still much rather watch the original Friday the 13th over the original Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, so, so, Jason X now... Uh, we'll have to go back. We'll have to have somebody do the research. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the, as it stands right now, temporarily, we are calling it the highest rated, um, collectively the highest average rated movie in the franchise so far. I, I, that shocks me. I am, I am shocked by that. I mean, I'm impressed, but I am shocked. Evil definitely got an upgrade and the scores got an upgrade. Um, Rotten Tomatoes did not agree with us, but who cares? Because we had fun. Rotten Tomatoes is fucking weak sauce, bro. Yep. And so now, looking ahead, we only have uh, two to go. Next next week, we will. Uh, you'll hear us talk about the two titans of horror. It is, as the book is called, the Slash of the Titans. It is Freddy versus jason so we are rounding the corner on this we are almost done uh with this this series this has been a, a hell of a run so far Woo-hoo. 10 in it's been real and it's been fun but it hasn't been <laughs> yeah it was like the end real fun the end oh. um well uh yeah patreon.com slash fwb podcast if you want to uh, support us and hear more of these. We have a couple that we've already been throwing around for next year as potentials. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, we might uh, be able to do more of these if uh, you guys want to see some more. So uh, go ahead and uh, support our Patreon. And uh, if, if you think that that is something that you want to see, that's about all I have. Also, Chris, Scott, you, you miss your cue every yeah, time. Every time. Every time. Yes. He talks, you talk, I take us home. Yeah. I didn't realize I was supposed to talk. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. Let's put this shit show to bed. Yes. For Chris, Chris, and soon-to-be-fired Scott, (laughs) thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting Jason X. It's the best Jason Voorhees movie. And thank you for being our friends. Fuck you, Scott. You miss your cue with benefits.